This is Brain Diet, episode number 24. I'm Taylor Ann Macy, and you are listening to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain good information. What is up, everyone? How's it going? We're back with another episode. Are you sick of hearing my voice yet? <laughs> my husband was listening to one of my episodes the other day and said that I kind of sound like one of those soft Sunday sounds DJs. And I was like, yeah, okay. Maybe I d- is that a good thing or a bad thing? I, I don't know, but he's not wrong. I feel like I kind of do. <laughs> so I think at this point, all I need is like some slow jazz in the background or something. So if any of you listeners out there want to compose some soothing jazz that we can have in the background of these episodes to really just create that ambiance of soft Sunday sounds, then let's make it happen. (laughs) Anyway, welcome to episode 23. We are talking all about the brain. Now, this episode today is going to be one of those episodes that's very foundational because the work that I do as a coach is rooted in all things brain. Now, as a life coach, I am an expert in thoughts and emotions and all of those things and everything involved in all of that has to do with the brain. So in order to gain authority over our thoughts and feelings and emotions, we have to understand where they're coming from what's causing them, and how to deal with them first. So I want to teach you today about your brain and how it works. I want to give you some understanding that will help illuminate some of the processes that are typical to most human beings. We as humans essentially have two parts to our brains in the most simple form. We have what's called our prefrontal cortex, Sometimes it's called the neocortex. Sometimes we can call it the higher brain. It can go by a number of different names, but essentially this part of our brain is what separates us from all other living creatures. This part of our brain can think toward the future. It can think more than just in the moment. It can think for our long-term well-being. This part of our brain plans things. It considers both sides to a decision. It's what puts us at the top of the food chain. It's what puts us in charge of all other living things because this part of our brain, this prefrontal cortex, thinks at the highest capacity available to life on this planet. Okay? The second part of our brain is what's called our primal brain or our lower brain is another term for it. This part of our brain's main goal is survival. It lives in the moment. It makes decisions based on what is most likely going to help us survive. This part of our brain is very reactive as opposed to proactive in the way that our prefrontal cortex is. It's a very necessary part of our brain because if survival is its main goal, it has the amazing mechanism to constantly be on the lookout for either problems to be solved or advantageous activities that it believes would promote survival. For example, our primal brain served the function of looking out for wild animals that would kill us way back in the day when we were cave people. The primal brain believes that energy conservation and exerting as little effort as possible 
is most useful for our survival. Because those calories, they need to stay in reserve if we need them to run for our lives or if we need those calories because we can't find food, right? The primal brain was incredibly vital to our livelihood when we lived in caves. This primal brain is still very useful to us, but because we don't live in caves anymore, we have to understand it on a deeper level so that we can leverage it more in our favor. So because it's constantly on the lookout for problems, instead of in wild animals, it's going to find problems in something more like what our bodies look like or what our houses look like or what our spouse said to us or flying in an airplane. And I like to picture this primal brain as like a radar. It's just bouncing around constantly with limitless energy. And another way that I like to think of this primal brain, or rather another uh, name that I like to give the primal brain is the toddler brain. Toddlers, if you've ever seen them, live in the moment. They go from one emotion to another so quickly. And physically, toddlers are moving literally all the time unless they're sleeping. Like my toddler right now, the phase that she is in, I have to have eyes on her constantly because I look away for one second and she's got the whole roll of toilet paper in the toilet or the entire tub of yogurt rubbed over every inch of her body. She lives in the moment and she doesn't think toward the future at all. So our primal brains very much work the same way as a toddler would if you gave them an open Sharpie. Like unless you're laser focused on that kid carrying that open Sharpie, that primal brain can do some major damage. So if you ever hear me use the term toddler brain, this is what I'm talking about. So I'll give you an example of how you might notice your toddler brain that might help illustrate the way that it works. So when you are on a diet and you tell yourself you can't have something, You know how all of a sudden, like you become fixated on it and you get hung up on it and you want it even more and you try to use willpower to resist it, but knowing that you can't have it just about drives you insane until you finally cave and eat it. That's your toddler brain talking. It's your higher brain that's saying, sorry, love, we can't have the sucker to your toddler in the store. And that toddler melts down on the floor and has a total tantrum. Like take that visual and imagine that same thing happening in your brain toddler brain. Okay. So another example that kind of illustrates how the two parts of our brain work is like when you're sitting on the couch and you know that it would be a great thing to go and exercise. Like there's that higher brain, that prefrontal cortex that knows that it would be the best thing for you to get up, get moving for your overall health. But that lower brain, that toddler brain is like, absolutely not. We're going to conserve energy and it is very problematic. If we use extra calories for exercise, it would make much more sense for us just to stay on this couch. So does that make sense a little bit? And when I distinguish between these two parts of the brain, it could be higher and lower brain, neocortex and primal brain, mature adult brain and toddler brain. But you kind of get the picture that they are two different parts, that they work together in tandem to create our human experience. Like one helps us survive in the moment and the other helps us survive in the long term. And this really illustrates how incredible our brains are, right? They are so efficient and they're kind of like machines. And so in their desire to be efficient, they look for ways to maximize their functions. So brains function by use of calories, 
So if there are any processes that it can put on autopilot and run on default, the brain will do that. It requires fewer calories to have things run as efficiently as possible. It makes sense, right? An example I always think of is my route home from the gym. Like we get in the car at the end of the workout and I don't really think about it. We just kind of go. And on Mondays, when I have to go to pick up my groceries, almost every Monday after the gym, I start my regular route home because that's my brain's autopilot process. Like I have to make an extra effort to remember not to go home, but to pick up my groceries first. That's just an example of how our brains work on this operation of efficiency, right? Now a brain within a day has roughly 60,000 thoughts. If we were to try and identify all 60,000 thoughts, it would be incredibly difficult because so many of those thoughts, we don't even know that we're thinking. And the reason behind that is because so many of those thoughts are on autopilot. Your brain has decided that a significant amount of those thoughts serve you. Therefore, they can be put on autopilot. We don't have to pay attention to them so that the primal brain can just use the calories to be on the lookout to find problems that might be a threat to us. So what happens in our brain is thoughts. Thoughts are just sentences made up of words, made up of letters. But those sentences create the emotions that we feel. So our brain takes all the circumstances in our world and it creates a thought or a perception of every single circumstance. And each thought we have, each perception creates an emotion. Now, something that we have thought over and over again creates a deeper and deeper and more established neural pathway. The more practiced the brain is at thinking a thought, the more adept it will become at thinking it the more automatically it will think it. So if we have a thought that we have thought enough times, our brain will automatically offer it. And that's what we define as a belief, something that we don't question because we just believe it to be true. An example of this is uh, the idea that there is such a thing as breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like if you think about it, who was the first human to decide that you eat first thing in the morning and you call it breakfast and then you eat a few hours later and call it lunch and then you eat a few hours later and you call it dinner? Like believing that thought is really easy now. It's not something that we question. We operate on that belief because we're so practiced at thinking it. We're so used to operating from that space. We say things like, I skipped breakfast as if there should have been something eaten and that was omitted. We even have a collective belief as a society that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Like as if that were cold hard science until someone came along and said actually intermittent fasting and waiting until after lunch to eat is actually what's best for your body. And all of a sudden people have all these new beliefs about health that they believe are genuinely true. But really I mean, there is a lot of science and people do research, but whatever we think about that research are just thoughts about health that we are really good at believing. And going along with this breakfast thing, like someone just decided one day that bread was a lunch food, but pancakes were a breakfast food. Like a form of cake with sugary syrup on it, for whatever reason, is a breakfast food or donuts, or cinnamon rolls. Like, those are breakfast food. No one questions when you eat those things for breakfast. 
But if you were to eat ice cream for breakfast, someone might be like, wait a minute, ice cream for breakfast? That's not right. Like, can you see what a double standard that is? But really, all that's happening is we have thoughts about the time of day and about certain foods that we think enough times from when we're young that they become beliefs that you don't even question. Your brain puts those thoughts and those beliefs on autopilot because you've thought them enough times. So you literally have pathways in your brain of thoughts and thought patterns. So if you try to think differently about something, you will meet resistance because what that is doing is taking a thought that is on autopilot in that lower part of your brain and bringing it to the higher part of your brain for some analysis and then trying to put something entirely different back in its place. And this process literally requires more calories and more effort. And your brain is going to resist that because it's so amazing and so efficient. It's not efficient to try to change things from how they are, right? But here's the best news. Because part of our brain is wired for survival, it's incredibly adaptable. Our brains are very neuroplastic. And there's even been research recently that's shown that it's even more neuroplastic than we've previously realized. And that means that if we train it enough, it can change. Our brains are adaptable, but only if we ask them to adapt. This brings us to the importance of recognizing what it is that you think, what thoughts that you have, what beliefs you have. All of the thoughts happening in your brain, we have the uniquely human ability to think about them. We have the ability to think about what we think about. And this right here is the crux to life coaching because the more we can notice what we think and the emotions that those thoughts create, the more we can truly examine objectively if it's something that we want to keep thinking. The reason that this can be so useful for us is because our brain is going to keep thinking whether we manage it or not. That toddler is going to be running around whether we're keeping an eye on it or not. So if your brain is on a train going somewhere regardless, it's useful to give it some concrete direction and deliberate guidance because then you start to create the life that you want. So here is where to start with giving your brain some guidance and direction. In order to figure out what it is that you think and what it is that you believe, you have to pay attention to it first. So what that looks like is what I call a thought download. That means that just as you might empty a memory card every day, you have to put a pen to paper and set a timer and don't pick up that pen until the timer goes off. You have to just allow whatever is swimming around in your head to be written down. This is something that can be done every single day. I recommend doing it at the same time every single day, doing a thought download just to clean out that memory card a little bit. Once you do that, once you're able to separate yourself from your thoughts a little bit and create a little bit more objectivity, it gives you all the authority. As you start to notice your thoughts refrain from any sort of judgment about them. Act as if you're just watching the TV show of your mind and you're just noticing the different thoughts about various circumstances that you've had. And the more you do this, the better you'll get at recognizing what it is you think and more importantly, what it is that you believe. 
the better you get at recognizing it, the more authority you have over it, whether or not to keep it. Now, in order to avoid any sort of judgment about the thoughts you have and also to stop some of the thoughts in their tracks, you have to have a conversation with your brain. Did you know this? That you can have a conversation with your brain? It's almost like you're conversing with the toddler a little bit. When you notice thoughts that cause negative emotion or a thought that might not serve you, you can respond to your brain by saying, your opinion is noted. This is a really, really powerful phrase when you notice negative self-talk. For example, if you walk past the mirror and you have the thought, I look so fat, you can respond to your brain by saying, your opinion is noted. Or if you have thoughts like you suck or you'll never be able to do this or you have no idea what you're doing. Or if you were to weigh yourself and all the thoughts that would come up, you can stop those thoughts right in their tracks by responding, I hear you. Your opinion has been noted. If you don't stop those thoughts right in their tracks, you'll dwell on them. You'll believe them. You'll create emotions from them. And you'll give them so much more validity and clout than you would if you just recognize them as sentences. And as you create emotions from them, then you're going to act based on how you feel. And how you act creates results in your life. And if you're dwelling and entertaining those thoughts, you're going to create results that you're not going to like. So take that phrase and use it as your higher brain's tool to keep that lower brain, that toddler brain, in check. Saying your opinion is noted is like saying, I know you want that sucker. I'm not ignoring you, but we're not going to have it. Like you don't melt down with the toddler, yeah? Okay? So daily thought downloads, pen to paper, setting a timer, and using the phrase, your opinion is noted. It's really simple, right? But understanding how your brain works is the first step to being in charge of it. Getting to know your brain can actually be really fun. You discover all sorts of things you had no idea were there. It's like the best, most exciting clean out and organization project you've ever done. (laughs) Now listen, I have just given you the manual for how to ski down a mountain. You can listen to this over and over again and you can learn a lot. But if you actually want to get on the mountain and really apply this deeply, then you need to sign up for a free mini session with me. Having a coach is what facilitates the deepest application of this because having a coach means you have someone to see in your brain and they are able to see what you might not be able to. What you are so certain is just a belief as opposed to just a thought. So sign up for a free mini session with me. You can click the link in the show notes It's totally worth it, I promise. Have an amazing week, everybody.